Hey, Family Office listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. And Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Bloomberg Economics model uses 13 macroeconomic and financial indicators. I think there's only two indicators, and that's two consecutive quarters of GDP <laughs> decline, which we've already had. What is... What is the argument about anymore, guys? There's no argument. Hey, everybody. Welcome on back to the family office. Hey, Tyler, I got a question. How's the economy doing? Our economy is strong as hell large. <laughs> How much of a fucking... That is a terrible, terrible clip for that guy to have out in the ether, isn't it? It's a... It's a somebody's got to put him behind a fucking... Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Put him behind a towel or something. It's constantly yeah, embarrassing himself. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys, if everybody saw, but our president, uh, president of the United States over the weekend was at a Baskin Robbins in Portland. And someone asked him about the strength of the dollar and the strength of the economy. And his answer was, our economy is strong as hell while awkwardly licking an ice cream cone. Um, And technically, he's maybe not right or not wrong for the time being, right? So Brian Moynihan, CEO of Bank of America, came out earlier this week and said that the economy and the consumer, the American consumer are doing pretty well right now. Uh, But it's probably a little disingenuous. Like if you zoom out a little bit, maybe go forward a little bit, the economy is probably not going going to be doing quite as well. Um, So it was a little bit of an interesting take from the president, but I guess not a huge surprise considering what they've said about inflation, what Ian likes to bring up constantly. But... He said, yeah, the dollar's strong. Isn't that good? He said, inflation? Yeah, we got inflation. There's inflation everywhere. Am I right, guys? Like, that's what he said. You know, we're all paying, yeah, another 20% on top of fucking yeah, everything. Talk about shrinkflation eggs. with uh, that ice cream cone. Did you see how small that thing was? Yeah, they got, they're getting smaller. Those drumsticks are small. Uh, but what we did have is, and everyone freaked the fuck out about this, on Monday, Bloomberg economists came out and said, 100% chance of a recession in the next 12 months. I thought this was a, a this is just a bonkers move. You never come out and say there's a 100% chance of anything, right? Like, I don't care if it's happening in front of you. You say there's a 99% chance, maybe. Maybe you say there's a 99% chance. I just think it's it's so insane. It's like, who's it, Nate Silver, who said there's like a 100% chance that Hillary Clinton's going to get elected in, in 2016? Like, He's still paying the price for that. Doesn't look great. But what do you guys think about this? 100% chance uh, of inflation, or excuse me, of recession in uh, next 12 months? I think we were early on this, guys. I think I'm pretty sure this podcast identified as a recession back in July. So That's we fair. were ahead of the curve here. We knew, we, I, I agree with the headline. I do think there's a 100% chance of recession, but we, we been knew that. We know this. Like, we are, we, are we already in a recession anyways? Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's like so, a little late here. Yeah, so they said uh, Bloomberg Economics model uses 13 macroeconomic and financial indicators. I think there's only two indicators, and that's two consecutive quarters of GDP <laughs> decline, which we've already had. What is what is the argument about anymore, guys? There's no argument. They keep, moving the, they keep moving the goalposts. And as a result, I'm that John Travolta meme. You know what I mean? Where he's kind of looking around with the with, oh, the, yeah. with the Pulp Fiction haircut. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we're in such denial about this. But to your point, the whole idea of our industry, just about any industry, is painting in shades of gray. I hate 
seeing 100%. I'll tell you right now, we work for a gambling company. They do not want us ever saying sure thing. I mean, this is just, you know, when we're talking about, you know, the Bears game, they don't want us to do sure thing, 100%, all that kind of stuff. So shame on some place for Bloomberg for, although I guess it's the only time you can use it. Like when it's already 98 degrees and I say as a hundred percent chance that it's going to be 98 degrees today. So I guess that's the caveat, you know, they're absolute geniuses over there. They're like, I will will tell you right now because now I'm excited about this because I'm going to be able to say it. I am going to the cardiologist on Tuesday. You guys know that I'm going to cardiology. There is a hundred percent chance that he tells me I'm morbidly obese right? because I'm already morbidly obese. Boom. I hit that right on the fucking nose. There's a hundred percent chance that I should be drinking less, eating less and exercising more. I can tell you that with 100 yeah, percent confidence. I saw that video of you making uh, mozzarella look pretty good at the Gabagool Fest. <laughs> yes, the Gabagool Fest. Large, does this mean you're going to join me in the uh, yes? In, you're going to do it with me? So what I'd like to do, and this has happened through every piece of content ever at Barstool. <laughs> right. They, yeah, honestly. Diet challenge. Yes. So everyone gets on a scale in front of a camera, you know, does it, and then they do um, percentage, percentage of body fat. Because obviously yeah. if we went by pounds, you know, a good dump blows you guys out of the fucking water <laughs> for me. But um, so if you want to do something like that, I need to. And I need to do it at stakes that mean something. You know, not, right. you know, so perhaps we think about that. The only problem is, is that you're a little bit ahead of the game. Like I can already see it in your face. You've dropped a couple of pounds already. I'm, I, I'm, down, am I wrong? I'm, I'm down like 1.8 pounds. I think, oh. uh, right. That's like, that's like a lot of water weight though. I feel like that comes yeah. out of your face first. Like those first couple of days I was saying to Ian, we we're on, on a, a call before. And I was like, I'm going to come on next week. I'm going to be like Tom Brady. You know how he's just like yes. sunken yeah. in cheeks, like that chiseled ass. The cheekbones, yeah, that's no. gonna be that's gonna be me. I'm surprised um, you were even allowed to eat that ice cream cone. Are you, is is it? Are you allowed to eat right now? Or are we oh, podcasting yeah. during your eating time? Yeah, exactly. I'm sacrificing right here. I should be eating right now. This is my uh, this is my feeding time. I actually have about ten minutes. We're recording at eight thirty. Uh, it's about eight fifty now, so I have about ten minutes left. Nine o'clock is when my my fast starts, so uh, I won't be eating till one o'clock tomorrow afternoon. So. Um, yeah, you you got me during a feeding frenzy, so I can eat that thing, and it's currently melting. And you know, I want to eat that before before nine o'clock. Get off of it, get off of it, fatten up before next week, and then we'll be on a nice even playing field. Because I'm yeah. in Tallahassee on Saturday. Oh no, excuse me, Tuscaloosa on Saturday. It's a night game versus mm. Mississippi State, and you know I don't tend to take it easy at all, particularly during SEC night games. I I know Ian's a little spoiled because he's in the SEC of Division Three, but I'm I'm t- and then I'm getting up at uh, four a.m. going to the thing. I'll be in Miami for a NASCAR all day Sunday. Come back Monday, record with you guys, <laughs> cardiologist on Tuesday, out with the NASCAR guys for dinner on Wednesday. It's 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 a big week for the big man. So maybe you come off the diet to jump yeah. back on. Just get your stats up. Okay, Think about it. Okay, I like that. What if, you know, you in by the way, or you would you, you get part of a challenge? A pretzel belly. Oh yeah, I gotta get I gotta get rid of this pretzel belly. I I am right there with you guys. His Jewish probably, mother is gonna make fun of. She's gonna harp on it the entire Thanksgiving break if he doesn't. And people are always wor- worried about their kids being bullied in school. I get bullied by my mom for my pretzel belly. So 
It it, it, it works though because I I stop eating pretzels and I go to the gym when I whenever I get called out for it. So that's, that's awesome. Should we get back into recession? Yes, uh, that, that devolved. Uh, so there was a couple of other people who who came out this week and were talking uh, talking about recession. So we had DJ Diesel uh, from uh, from Goldman Sachs. Perhaps you've seen him at a club recently. Uh, he said on Monday that there's a good chance that we have a recession in the U.S. So he's probably a little more bullish than some of the other CEOs, which we'll get into. Uh, and then we have Jeff Bezos today came out and said, "You better batten down the hatches." So actually, I kind of have a problem with with this. Like, I, does does Jeffrey Commerce like is he allowed to still have an opinion on this sort of thing? Like, I feel like he's not. So I would say, in most circumstances. He's a great barometer. Amazon's a great barometer for how the economy is doing. I agree with that. But I feel like Jeff Bezos is so far removed. Like he's drinking children's blood and whatever the hell he's doing to look like an absolute Adonis. I don't think that he's close enough to the business anymore to be saying shit like this. So should we have to listen to him anymore? It's kind of like how Bill Gates just comes out and talks about everything. It's kind of like, it's like, shut the fuck up, man. Just go give your money away. What do you think about this? Is is it okay for Jeff Bezos to be talking? I feel like someone on his team was just like, "Hey, all these other like billionaires are talking about recession." Feeding like, him the we, data. We we need we need we need a statement. What what do we say? And Jeff just on his yacht just goes, "I don't know, batting down the hatches." <laughs> like he's the storm's coming. Like so, I don't know. I, I I'm not going to take it too seriously. Yeah, I mean, I'm you know I think it's a it's a clean sweep on this one. You know, we don't we don't go to skinny chefs. We don't take diet advice from me, and we don't give a shit about what Jeff Bezos has to say. Uh, Bezos has to say about uh, about the recession. I don't, and I don't think it's one of those things where it's a shut up and dribble type thing, right? Mm. Because, but it's still one of those things that's easy uh, to page past it. Agreed, but I but I will say. Since he's the richest man on earth, I do care what Elon says. But we're, we're going to talk about Elon a little bit later because he had he had a great interaction with with our boss. Uh, but large, I want to get into someone that you texted me about this week. Someone who was calling for a recession. Uh, I think a couple months ago, he was referring to the economy that are saying that a hurricane was coming. Uh, last week, he said that there's going to be a recession in six to nine months. Jamie Dimon. Uh, Jamie Demon, as Ian likes to call him. And if you're watching on YouTube, we're going to hit you with uh, our new Demon Diamond Time logo because uh, it seems like we talk about him pretty much every week now. So we might as well give him a logo, right? Might be a segment called just Demon Time. Yeah, Diamond. I, I, I'm not going to say Diamond. Well, you guys diamond, got- we say it, we pronounce it Demon. I think that's fair. Jamie, Demon. I I will not. I will pronounce it Diamond. Fuck you guys. This guy You're is a bootlicker because bill- you worked for him. That's why. You- <laughs> yeah, damn right. Uh, <laughs> so billi- if this blogging thing doesn't turn out. I got to go work on the street again. I'll tell you what. I don't even know why I show any respect to this guy because I didn't have any respect for him when I worked for him. But it was in the 2000s, right? He was like a Sandy Wheel disciple, right? That was that, that was his thing, uh, Jamie Diamond, and now he's CEO of fucking. J.P. Morgan Chase. It's the largest of the big four American banks, I believe. He's been in there since 2005. So anyway, every time he does something, I just get a kick out of it now. When he sits down at the Senate House Judiciary Committee and just tells him, no, I'm still going to do business with people you know, who are fracking under the Vatican. I don't give a shit. And then today, you know, they dump Kanye West 
that's how he kind of started off within a week from from yeah. from today. You know, they're still doing business with you know Epstein, right? <laughs> but but they dump uh, Kanye West. So I I think that he's a hypocritical douchebag. I just fucking get a kick out of him. And so for him to go on and 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 tell clients this week that uh, he doesn't give a shit about ESG. Some investors don't give a shit about ESG. People who aren't familiar with it, ESG. In large, can, we, can I let everyone know that's the actual quote that he yeah. said apparently at a meeting was, I don't give a shit about woke ESG. He threw yeah, it woke. Well, yeah. So ESG, for people who don't know, is environmental, social, uh, and governance. That's, I'm that's glad you said three. that because Ian actually asked me today. He's like, yeah, right. we talk about that. Like, uh, ask him for a friend. Can you tell me what that is? Right. But I, I think it was BlackRock that first made it incredibly popular to talk about how their investment right. strategy is now going to reflect, you know, some of the more woke ideas that are floating around the internet. And then we had mm-hmm. spoke about y'all, the ETF that had dropped last week little, you know, uh, I don't know, little, can we give him a peek inside? We have the guy who created y'all coming on at some point next week. So last week we talked about this, where it's like an America first ETF. They're not going to invest in any company that has any kind of ESG consciousness. And Jamie Dimon, in the middle of the biggest woke fucking, you know, society that has been around, I mean, certainly in my life, says that he doesn't give a shit about it. At the same time, JP Morgan, the bank that he's the CEO of, has it on the brochure that they're an ESG conscious bank. Yeah, so he's 10K, letting they report what their ESG score is. Yeah. So he's essentially saying, yeah, we'll throw that shit on the fucking brochure, but nobody cares about it. He's doing the exact bare minimum to have, you know, like people have done that with minority hirings for a while. Do you know what I mean? Like when the NFL has to like go through the the, the motions of interviewing a black coach when they've already hired somebody like that type of yeah. stuff. So Jamie Dimon is basically telling everybody, take your ESG, take your wokeness and go fuck yourself. So no matter how much of a douchebag he is, and he is a douchebag and he is a demon, I will tell you right now, I fucking love this move. I am a diamond stance instead of diamond hands, diamond stand right here. So, uh, so that's that. He's no uh, stranger to hypocrisy. He literally yesterday just hired a head of crypto policy after calling it a Ponzi scheme. So what does that tell you? (laughs) It tells me that he's playing both sides of the fence. And it's telling me that he's not a guy that ever says the word 100%. Long live Jamie Dimon. Viva la Jamie. Yeah, and I, I think I've mentioned this before, but he's also uh, he's an Elon hater. They do not get along very well at all. I think there's actually still a a pretty big pending lawsuit um, between between Tesla and and JP Morgan. Um, but I want to get into uh, I want to get into Tesla and Elon. Did you guys catch this? A little inside baseball for everyone. I guess it's not inside baseball because it's the world's richest man and uh, probably someone who's pretty far up there. But uh, our boss. Dave Portnoy, El Presidente, tweeted at Elon. He said, hey, Elon Musk, can you please fix these bots on this piece of shit platform you got tricked into buying? I'm getting botted to death. Spelled B-O-T comma D. um, Or apostrophe D. (laughs) Elon actually responded to this and said, I have a plan. Or Granted, like he did not go into any sort of plan he had. And Elon's had plans before on other things and 
they've been a disaster. But I thought this was really interesting. Dave literally slaps this guy in the face. It says, can you please fix these bots on this piece of shit platform you got tricked into buying? So basically calling Elon a complete moron. And then Elon responds, like doesn't defend himself at all. And that's why Elon is like by far the coolest. I obviously I'm an Elon stand, but like he's, he's like the coolest billionaire ever. Right. Like that's awesome. What other guy would be like totally cool with that, with Dave Portnoy reaching out to him uh, in saying that not Jamie diamond. I can tell you that. Not me. Like if if I was in Elon's shoes, and I, I think if you guys look inside your hearts, neither of you either. I don't know how Dave does this. Like Dave is like, hey, moron, that terrible fucking purchase. I mean, there's nothing complimentary or respectful about it yeah, all. Yeah, calls it the platform a piece of shit. It's just everything about it is disrespectful. And Elon <laughs> responds. And yeah, gives him a reply. And the, the reply is useless. I'm working on it. Like if he would have been like, I'm working on it, shut up. Or if you don't like it, then go away. Like he could have said anything like that because yeah. he's bigger than Dave, right? I mean, we don't get to say that a lot. Well, we do, but he's bigger. I mean, than bigger Dave. than anyone on the planet, right? Right. He's like probably some Saudi like prince. Yeah, and and yet you know, fucking Dave. Dave gets an audience with him. How little of that audience was, and the guy, it's it it's mind bottling, as they like to say here. That, that he gets these fucking responses. And obviously, Dave, as you know, how many, does he have a couple million followers? I don't know. So, okay. you know, that I guess that pops up on the screen a little bit quicker than if I would have said it. Um, but yeah, just it, absolutely fucking crazy world that we're living in. I want to get into real talk on this, but Ian, first your response on the social media side of it. I just wonder what his plan is. Like, what's he going to do? Just like <laughs> delete all the account, like that's, just new that's Twitter? I, I feel like it's, it's going to be... Whatever his plan is, is not going to be good for Twitter investors. But I think he's take is he going to take it private? I don't know. I'm still confused on what's going on with the deal. I know that the employees just had their stock accounts locked. Um, so I don't know what's going on. I'm going to yeah. need some explanation here. Well, you're looking at the wrong people because I have no fucking idea either. It seemed right. I think we talked about what maybe two, three weeks ago at this point. Like I think the 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 title of the the podcast was Elon deal is done again. Right. And like, it's still not anywhere close to being done. I feel like we go through these ups and downs where Elon's just like, fuck it. Yeah, I'll I'll buy it. Then you just don't hear from them for a while. And I know there's a lot going on with the court case and behind the scenes, but I don't know. It just seems like we're going to get into a part. I don't know. I really have no idea, but what do you think he's going to do about the bots? I, I was trying to, I was actually started to write a blog about this, about what he could possibly do. And then I was like, I have no fucking idea. I'm just not smart enough. The only idea that I came up with is that he could do like, before you tweeted, you needed to do a captcha, you know, like you needed to like move the little puzzle piece into there or like select where all the uh, stop signs are in the picture every time you tweet. Cause that's apparently the only thing that can defeat bots. So that was the only thing that I had on my list. I think there is another plan that can defeat the bots. It is a small fee of Dogecoin for every time you tweet. And I think he has, he didn't mention that. Yeah. I think Elon, I don't know if he does. I think he has enough Dogecoin himself to where he could just like give it to every like real person on Twitter to like, give him like a starting balance. It's like, all right, every person starts out with like a thousand tweets worth of Doge on, on their Twitter account. And like, if you want to buy more, you you get Doge, you transfer in stuff like that. I don't know. That's the crypto side. 
It could, yeah, it could be interesting. And I guess if he doesn't care about it, so that I don't, I don't think that works if it's a public company, right? Because then people think engagement goes down. It's not good for ad dollars. So it's not good for as a public company. But I think if it's a private company and Elon just wants it to be the town square and make it the best possible place for that, I think something like that works. And even um, Jack Dorsey mentioned something like that. He basically said that we saw those leaked texts and he said that the, current business model just doesn't work at all. So maybe it is something like that. I just, I don't. Is it that big of a deal? Is it that big of a deal? I mean, how many of your followers do you think are bots? Like it it makes sense for Dave, right? I've been the Dave's like when Dave posts, Mm -hmm. right? Like you could probably look at it, uh, Ian, like what it's probably the first couple hundred people commenting are all bots saying like, it's always like this CZ Binance guy. Right. Have you seen yeah. this? Yeah, yeah. It's it's all these bots just linking to crypto stuff mostly, right? Yeah. And it's it's getting worse. It's like specifically in this last like week and a half, it's been yeah. worse than ever before. Even with and our our, our buddy even- Scott Melker talks about it all the time too. He's he's not too happy. And then uh Unusual Whales, who we've talked about in the past, he was the guy who launched the um the political, so like the Congress ETFs that tracks like Nancy Pelosi's trades. So I think he launched some product and even I think the bots are like getting around that. So, it, I mean, they're too smart. They're sentient at this point. I don't know how smart they are because it's just, it's so simple as we tweet something from Barcelona Finance with the word Kramer in it. And we got seven Kramer bots saying buy Kramer coin, which is a thing, by the way, Kramer coin. The next are, are all just consider for the watch list. Are they bullish on Kramer or? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh really? Like, like, buy Kramer coin. Buy Kramer coin. It's definitely not. Well, I don't know coin. if it's like if it's making fun of Kramer or if it's like a. Uh, I think. Well, I think it's just anyone in the news that just make a coin. So we should we should have large coins. That makes sense. Done. And, th- and that'll get you what? That'll get you Sunday dinners at his house. Then, yeah, uh, he'll take you to Arturo's. Yeah, then that's not going to be good. Well, you'd have to come this week, Pretzel Belly. Because after Tuesday, everything fucking changes. After Wednesday, yep. I have a dinner Wednesday. After Wednesday, though, everything fucking changes. You know what I mean? Be looking, looking a brand so- new podcast. Oh, oh my yep. god! We're going to be so angry. We cannot do this during our fasting times. Like we, we have to plan this around uh, our feeding <laughs> yeah. time. It's like a Ramadan podcast. It's going to be just fucking oh, so bitter. Uh, so yeah, maybe we will do the. <laughs> Do the large coin. Uh, but I got us into another alternative investment, boys. I tweeted about this. Did you guys see this? I bought us a bottle of the Elon Musk burnt hair perfume. Oh, did you? There, so he tweeted last night. There were only like, I think there were like 1,300 bottles left um, or some or 3,000 bottles, whatever. I think they only made 30,000 of them. I saw that they were sold out today. So I'm just waiting for those puppies to go up on eBay. Um, but I also got totally fucked because I thought the same thing was going to happen with the cyber whistle. I bought one of those and it's completely worthless. So some of these things, yeah, some of these things like actually go pretty viral. Like the short shorts was a big thing. I wish I'd got a pair of those people still really like those, but I'm going to have a bottle. Yeah. Something like that. I don't want to bring that up. (laughs) I don't even think I have any more uh, butane in this, but yeah, I mean, some of the stuff has a resale value. Right, <laughs> I'm not going to light it up in a much smaller room. Maybe we could, maybe we could put the burnt hair perfume in that as the. I don't. Is, yeah, he, Varg's going to set his house on fire. Make sure you're watching on YouTube. 
Yeah, it doesn't have it's barely it's oh barely God. coming out. Yeah, yeah. So. so once again in a small, small room with lots of flammable objects, large lighting the boring company flamethrower. Not a flamethrower, not a flamethrower. Not a flamethrower. Big secondary market on this, right though? Yeah, those are going I think a couple grand you can get on online because I've looked into getting one. Why? <laughs> Why not? Well, I want I did want to get one originally to give away um to get people to sign up for the newsletter um but we uh, i don't know we should maybe we should make some of our own i don't know oh i've already gone down that road so everything that i put i put in front of barstool's uh, merchandise team and i'm talking about lighters like i want to do like a zippo twisted history like you know what i mean right. uh i want to do a switchblade we could just a, a switchblade and any kind of knife or anything like that all been next. All three of my um, uh, ugly Christmas sweater ideas. All three next. I uh, twisted history will not have an ugly sweater this week. Oh, but yours was like. Can you even say it on on air? I remember. I don't remember exactly what it was. I want. My first one was Joe Biden in a Santa hat, and uh, you know, and it says uh, Happy Halloween. I thought that was kind of, but I've seen that before. <laughs> but I thought it was kind of cool. No fucking way to that. The second one was uh, Jeffrey Dahmer in a doorway saying, uh, "Baby, it's cold outside." From that that song, you know, uh, you know what's yep. in this drink. And then the third one was um, Woody Allen in the manger scene. You know, Christ is born, and Woody mm-hmm. Allen is standing in instead of Joseph, looking into the manger and saying, "I was hoping for a daughter." So all three of those, we're going to say "Twisted Christmas" underneath them, and uh, all three, given the fucking, given the pull, given the yank. So. I mean, if, I it, if it makes you feel any better, Ian and I came up with like 10 ideas that we sent to them and they sent us a totally different one based on the data. So I guess yeah. we uh, we are a data company over here at Barstool. Um, a purchase that I don't think was made based on data. Do you guys see that Kanye bought Parler? Yes, I did. That was that seems like a gut feel, you know, when you, when you buy something like that. Have you ever been on Parler Large? So uh, the Kanye no. thing hits. No, so the Kanye thing hits. I sign up for Parlor just to see what it is. I don't know what Parlor is, honestly, and so I sign up for it. It's awful. It's fucking awful. And I so I <coughs> my name, large barstool. Um, I don't have any followers, and all I'm following is the Food Network. That's how new I am to this thing. And uh, the Food Network is on there. Yeah, the Food Network is on there. Yeah, so um, so it's on there. So we have Truth Social with Trump. We have Elon owning Twitter, Zuck owning Facebook, the Chinese owning TikTok, and now Kanye owning Parler. I had to be part of it, and I I don't think I'll ever log on to it unless you know uh, Kanye starts putting on some wacky shit. It's not very good, and it's not overly shocking either. Like I didn't think it's not like this. Right? Hey, listen, um, who's going to the cross burning? Like I didn't see any of that shit on there either. It's just fucking. Plain old boring. So, you know, good oh, luck, man. Kanye. Whatever I got, I got some nasty emails. I, I wrote um, in the in the newsletter. I said it was basically truth social with more racism. And I got a lot of nasty emails. I, I usually try not to, you know, to put those things in there. But sometimes I just can't help but take shots at both sides. And uh, people were. So what am I missing? Out. What am I missing on my maiden voyage into parlor? Is there a deep, dark thing that's a lot more fun? Is there nudity somewhere that I don't know about? Is I, it, you know, I think the biggest issue I looked it up because I want to see like how much, because we don't know how much he's paying for it. Um, there's only like 750,000 people apparently on there. 
So to put that in perspective, like there's some blogs that you've written large that probably have gotten more views than the number of people that are on on Parler, which is yeah. So yeah. Crazy. So maybe if you like, I, I just don't think there's much going on there. I don't get twisted history across it. Just laser ads, and people would buy this shit. I do, but I can't get it. Yeah. So Parler. I think, yeah, I think the problem is we don't want like anyone writing an article like, "Oh, this guy so and so stabbed with a barstool knife." Now we don't want to be. Able- Think about what you just said there, Francis. I don't want to say the obvious, but do we really not want that? Or <laughs> I, that's not up to me. I'm just an intern. Mark, do you think you think our buddy Cam Barron would uh would want one of those knives? Oh yeah, that's the guy. That is it. I love the fact that Tyler sets out chum, puts chum in the water, says, Hey, listen, ghost cattle. We don't understand it, but we kind of dig the story. Does anybody know what this is about? So we get a we get a real deal cowboy. We got uh, multiple slash, cowboys reaching out. A lot of them, yeah. No cowgirls, cowboys. though. Yeah. I, I've been approached by this many cowboys <laughs> since that gay bar in Austin. Um, but this guy had uh, had said he was a part fi- part-time finan- uh, financial advisor, part-time cowboy. So he was perfect for us. Can we cut that out right now? Yeah, I think what we can. So, so, yeah, we had uh, this guy Cameron Bar- Barrand on, and it was it was a pretty awesome uh, episode. He kind of He kind of led us through how – our steak gets from a cow being born all the way to Texas roadhouse, you know? And there was a very funny scene um, when large and I interviewed this. You don't do a lot of Texas roadhouse large. (laughs) I just, I just like their butter. Um, Yeah. yeah. And uh, there's a very funny scene though, where large and I, at the same time, you can almost see it in our eyes where we both kind of in our minds accuse this guy of, of hating Joe Biden and hating the government because he's a cowboy from Texas. And and that's not at all what he's talking about, but it's very funny, and I think you guys will enjoy it. So uh, go take a look at it now. We have a special guest. We try to bring in guests every now and again. Tyler and I covered a uh, story last week about a cattle rancher in Washington who was sentenced to 11 years in prison for defrauding Tyson Foods out of more than $244 million by charging the cost of purchasing and feeding hundreds of thousands of cattle that did not exist. It was called the ghost cattle scam. It was salacious. It was fun to read. It was fun to like guess what the fuck was going on. But Tyler said, hey, if anyone's in the industry and kind of knows what went on, can you explain it to us? Because we're morons. And somebody answered our call. A gentleman down in Texas, his name is Cam Barron. And he is a financial analyst by day. And then he's a fourth generation cattle rancher by night. So that's perfect. That's in our wheelhouse. So Cam's jumping on with this right now. We haven't, we just spoke for about five minutes before we jumped on. We don't know this guy. We can be totally catfish. This could be Manti Teo's girlfriend when he took the fucking wig off. But Cam, welcome aboard. Thank you very much for helping us out. Explain to us. And Tyler has a bunch of questions, but can you explain to us? Because all we know about ranching is that we're both avid watchers of Yellowstone. I love the redhead with the big cans. Uh, Tyler loves Rip, right? Rip's your favorite. Yeah. And uh, and we'll go from there. So can you explain to us how someone could have a ghost cattle scam that could potentially get by for a while? This thing worked. A household name, a conglomerate like Tyson Foods. Well, I don't know if I can explain it down to the details because I haven't looked in it that extensively. Mm-hmm. But one thing that he did do um, from reading just you know public records was he played in two parts of the market, right? 
So if we boil it down to the simplest form, right, there's basically three sections that you would say a animal goes from birth to on your plate, right? Maybe four if you really want to get granular there, right? First, you have the cow-calf operation. That's what my family's been in. That's what we've always been in. We just started dabbling into the second phase of that, which is your feedlot, right? So that's where after a, you know, calf is born, it's with their mother. And then once you get ready and that calf can either A, survive on its own on grass and feed without mother's milk, that's where you move them to the second phase of feedlot, right? That's where you're either A, you're feeding grain, B, they're going to grass fed, which we could talk about that if you'd like, but we don't have to. And then in third is where they get processed, right? Um, basically, you know, harvested for then transportation to your local grocery store. You right? can say it, they, they get killed. Right. Okay. Processed. Processed. You know, we're, we're processing beef. We're pot processing poultry. We're processing grain, right? That's how it, it always operates. Mm -hmm. So the one thing that I see when I looked at the story and dove into it is that he was in two facets of this chain, right? He blended in from being in the feedlot to the processing, right? And he also kind of broke down in between that cow-calf operation and that feedlot operation. That's where producers like myself, we take animals to market. Right. So Tyson told him, they said, hey, look, you're going to buy animals from the auction barns, from the sales, and then you're going to feed them out in your feedlot. And then you're going to take them to market and then you're going to pay, you know, you're going to get paid. We're going to get paid. But on the front end, it looked kind of weird because Tyson was like, here, let's give you all this money and for the purchase of cattle. And then they didn't really follow up or I, I don't quite understand where the miss, missing link was there because usually, you know, you have somebody that goes to the market and then says, Hey, I need so many head of, you know, 650 weight cattle, right? 650 weight steers or heifers, whatever it might be. And then you say, okay, in you know, four months, these animals will be ready for slaughter. Right. So. So is it just something that Tyson and I know Tyson also had another company connected to it. There's actually two companies connected in this thing. Just trusted Cody Allen East today. They've been through these types of deals before. So they just said there's no way someone is trying to rip us off hundreds of thousands of heads of cattle. So we're just going to assume that this is going by the letter of our uh, purchasing agreement. And then the shit hit the fan with this guy. Um I don't know if he's double dipping between these two, three stages that you're saying, but is it just something that was sloppy on Tyson's site or is it something that Cody is an evil genius? Evil genius. I don't know. Um, well, he's obviously not a yes. genius. He's not very good. Yeah. At creating yeah. Features, he, right? he didn't get away with it. Right. So almost though. Did he, did he almost get away with this? How long has this been going on for? I saw 2018. Is right. And I think he got arrested in 2020 and then it went to trial and he finally got um, sentenced just recently. 
Okay. So I'm pro like I'm dude. pro him, just so you know. I'm on his side, just really? so you know. Yeah, yeah. But go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Explain me. So you think it's more of a uh, Tyson just overlooked it and this guy got away with murder for a little while? Yeah, it could have been. You know, if you look at Tyson's assets, they're quite sizable, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're one of the top three in the nation in food production. And uh, I, I guess it could have gone by the wayside. But at the same time, you're looking at it and saying – Okay. So generally when we as producers, and I'm talking about my dad, my brother and I, you know, we work together when we put animals into the feedlot. So the second, you know, cog in this wheel, um, every month we get a statement from the feedlot saying, this is how much feed per weight, you know, we fed that pen of animals. Generally, all feedlots are different. Generally, it's about 60 head per pen, right? And so you're feeding. That's how much is going to come out of your overall check at the end when they're slaughtered, right? And so the bookkeeping kind of just boggles my mind. I don't know how it happened, right? right. Because generally, you're going to keep track of it. We get it every month. So I don't understand how yeah. that kind of went underneath. Yeah, it sounds like t- they gave him a radar. pretty sweet deal, right? Because they gave him a good chunk of the $2 billion up front. So that's not normal. That's not standard practice. No. Okay. No, no. And I, I, I like I said, I, I believe that the Easterly, they're in the middle, you know, cog. They're the feedlot operation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just how I saw it. I don't know what anybody else knows or has seen about it. So, so so I, this is the first one that came, you know, the first ghost cattle scam that came on our radar. Does this happen a lot? Like on a smaller scale? I I've never seen this before. Um, as far as I'm concerned, the fact that the market watch, right? Like a wall street journal publication just called it a ghost cattle scam and everyone else kind of picked it up. It seemed like people knew what this was like. It's a thing, but is, do you know the term at least? I, I've never heard the term. I'll be honest with you. And I could be just right. blatantly but, oh, not, not seeing either. it, but I, yeah, I've never seen this before. So. I, I, re- I refuse to believe that in the last four generations, the Baron family hasn't fucked somebody out of a couple ahead. Like you promised them 25, you delivered 22. You said there were two more in the back of the truck. And they fell off the truck on the way there. It's got to be something. There's got to be like a ghost cattle thing that happens a lot more often than most of us would think. Right. And it's, it has to happen. On, I mean, not 200,000 heads <laughs> or a quarter of a billion worth of them. But I mean, you got to sometimes keep a steer for yourself. Right. Right around Christmas time, perhaps. No, no. Usually, you know, we usually get hams around Christmas time. But oh, no. No. I mean, there's great shooters. Four generations. Yeah, shit. Right. yeah. Shit. You, you can't be in this business if if you start doing that too much because hell, neighbors start to talk, and then you better get to moving. Then, so I like uh, it. But no, I, I I just don't I don't see where the missing how they missed it so bad, and mm. by they I mean Tyson, right? So. Do you think 11 years is uh, is probably fair? And I can ask you that too, uh, Tyler. I was about to call you Tyson right there. Like 11 years, I think that's a little bit a little bit lean, isn't it? Like to think about the scope of this, particularly if it's something that's not known about in the industry, this guy is revolutionizing a new way, unsuccessful way, to try and fuck the major conglomerate out of, you know, 
hundreds of thousands of dollars. He's, he's the Bernie Madoff of agriculture. He is. Yeah. It's the Bernie Madoff. What's up, Moo? Because of cow. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> we, we mentioned we mentioned uh, Yellowstone a couple of times uh, before um, we mentioned anything else with you. How fucking annoying is it for you? How, how annoying is it that when people come over and say, uh, you know, you ever meet Rip? Like what, what's, what's the, uh, what's the, what's the feeling on real ranches? Well, the thing about it is you you got to understand. And before I say this, I do appreciate everything Kevin Cosner has done for the film industry. Right. Um, and Tyler Sheridan, the writer of that show, but it's a soap opera. Mm. But you don't, you don't have large ranches with the omission of maybe 10 in the state of Texas that have personal helicopters, right? I mean, there is a lot of oil money here and people have helicopters and, Mm -hmm. you know, on the other side of that, I've done a little work in the exotic industry outside of, we're not talking dancers large, but we are talking (laughs) exotic animals, right? right, So, so there are, what's an exotic animal? Is it a llama? Is it a, what is it? There's more tigers, right? And, uh, in Texas, and there are in wild. I've heard that. I'm not, you I'm can't not say fucking either. exotic animals and not tell me. Is it an emu? What the no, fuck are you getting no. at? We're talking about like deer, like okay. gimsbach, antelope, stuff okay. like that. Like yeah. I, I, I've seen. I'll send you some videos later about um, some of that stuff. But Please. Yellowstone, we enjoy it, but it's a soap opera, right? I mean, mm. if Beth was it. If Beth was sitting outside, large, it's why, like uh, we work at a there? media company. It's not like Succession, you know. It's a, it's the same <laughs> yeah. thing, I imagine. I, I think uh, it's a little different than that because I look at Cam and I know that Cam is a happily married man. Cam had said his wife had just gotten back from a trip, and so he wants to get through this pretty quick. He seems like a happily married man and a very good person. But I mean, my wife wants to suck the belt buckle off this fucking Casey Dutton. You got to think you have a fresh set of downs if thing goes south with the wife, right? I mean, throw on the fucking black hat, get out mm. there with Teeter or something like that. I think, Kim, it's a good thing for you. Really, see that? There we go. Are you fucking kidding me? It's not going to be a, a dry pair of panties watching this right now. Don't you guys just appreciate that from a certain degree that the industry gets a soap opera? It's kind of fucking cool. Yeah. I'm about to use I that mean, for my farmer's only pick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really is. I mean, it brings some light to the industry, but at the same time, this some bitch in Washington, right? It, 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 it Jerome does the Powell? exact opposite. Talking about Jerome Powell? Let's go. No. <laughs> Washington <laughs> State. Come okay. On. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. I thought we were going after <laughs> Joe. I thought we were going after fucking him. I'm yeah, sorry. he's from Texas. We just went there. <laughs> I know. I did, Texas. I was about to go. God, that was. Sharp, stay on topic, David. Sharpen my bayonet. <laughs> Um, so (laughs) I, I don't want to put a bow on this, but I do know that you have to get back. Tyler and I try to invest and Tyler is at the helm. He is. He's the guy who makes all the decisions and it works out because I can make fun of them when they go wrong and they haven't gone right yet. So it's been pretty, uh, business is a booming market. I've been listening. 100%. 100%. It's a tough fucking market. Our timing is terrible. Um, what can you tell him? Like, can you give us some some universe where the family office can turn into the family ranch just for a fucking day? Just any kind of universe, whether it's, you know, Tyson and its and its competitors, something like that, that we can actively look at. I think I like that, Tyler. I think I like family ranch. If we do some, oh my excuse my French. like a brothel. 
some sort of shit kicking fucking investment. Let's go family rent. But can you give us something? Give us something that we should be looking yeah. at. Like, should we be buying we- land like Bill Gates does? <laughs> yeah. This is not investment advice, just so everyone knows. Yeah. I know that Cam is in the industry and stuff like that. We have a disclaimer afterwards. We do not listen to us because we're all morons. And yeah. Cam is treating us Amen. like the morons we are. <laughs> he will not give us real investment advice because he knows that we're too dumb to take it. So he's giving us broad strokes. So this is not investment advice. But just give us an idea of where we should look. Well, I am an avid listener of the family office just for the pure entertainment. Um, (laughs) But I would look at inputs. I mean, if you're talking about inputs, I'm talking about what y'all are already invested in as far as oil. Um, The cattle, you know, cattle industry, everybody looks at it and says, hey, look, you know, corn's up, right? Everything's up this year. Fertilizers up. Fuels on the way up. Right. We just know that by global news, just boiling it down to the simplest form. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing that I would say. Look, don't look at your. You know, I mean, you could. You could look at your live cattle or your feeder cattle, but that's getting kind of granular for most people. Um, I would look at your inputs, your big companies, right, that are on on the side that. People need, you know, everybody needs petroleum to run tractors, run trucks. Everybody needs steel, you know, to improve farms, ranches, anything like that. Keep an eye out for those. Um, But with that being said, this is not investment advice. So, yeah, infrastructure type stocks make uh, sense with you. What's your uh, what's your favorite pickup truck? You Ford or Chevy guy? Dodge. There we go. So Dodds, so we're, we're going to get a, a hemi bit out of them. Yeah. How about uh, no, no hemis, no hemis, uh, boy. How, <laughs> how about how about tractors? You a cat guy? You a John Deere guy? Uh, more John Deere, but I don't have it. I don't have an allegiance there. Okay, but I got that out of you. How about uh, cowboy boots? Is there any one brand? This is personal because I'm about to buy a pair. Any one brand of cowboy boots that I can buy for Tyler for his birthday? I go to Mexico. Oh, look at that. Get them made in Mexico. Fantastic. Don't have to pay the taxes. It's They're fucking, handmade. Yeah, that's, They're handmade. Yeah, no tax. That's, that's the ghost boot scandal. Yeah. Right. I'm going to tell well, the guy. You walk out with pair. You walk <laughs> yeah. out with pair. You're damn right. All right. So, um, so that's it. So, Cam, we appreciate you coming on. And listen, when we put out the call, like Tyler just put out the call, and we have like three or four guys reach out to us from the industry to, to talk about it. So, you know, we'll, we'll have them on and uh, try to break stuff down because, again, we just want to learn more about stuff that comes across the ticker tape. So, again, that's Cam Barron. I appreciate you, Cam. If we have any other things, any other um, phantom, ghost, whatever uh, animals come by our thing, we'll, uh, we'll give you a buzz, okay? Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all's time and thank y'all for having me. All right. Have a good one. All right, guys, that was Cam Barron. Thanks again, man, for coming on. If you're out there, hopefully you're still listening to us. Uh, and I want to get into some questions now from the audience. By the way, Cam, Cam Barron, no plugs. I was like, you want us to plug anything? He's like, no, nah, I'm just good. I'm just going to talk about cowboy shit. You know, I think yeah. I think that was that was pretty cool. So anytime we put out that call, answer. I think afterwards he said, God bless, right? Which yes. is, and I don't think he said that because of, of like PFT or anything. I think he said that like, because he meant it. Yeah. I think he really likes he believes in God. Good for him. He's going to fucking heaven, that guy. Do you not, Tyler? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I already said some some bad stuff on this podcast. That's going to get 
get me labeled as, as something. But let's get into questions before I get in trouble. We're only going to do one today because we did that, uh, that interview with Cam. But I think this one will take up a little bit of time. So this is from ST on YouTube. Great name, buddy. Um, it sounds like this could have been from Ian. I don't know. Maybe he made up a burner account. Uh, the question is, just recently graduated with a finance degree and have no clue what to do. Any advice? What better three people to ask than us? I want to start with you, Large. What do you got for advice for this guy? He just recently graduated, finance degree, doesn't know what to do now. Any advice? I get these a lot. Like I, I get these more than you would think. Uh, people coming in to give me uh, you know, advice, a lot, particularly a lot of kids. I graduated from college in 1993. That's when I entered into the finance markets. So my path is 100% different. My path doesn't exist anymore. I was I was I was on track. I was supposed to go to law school, deferred law school. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, like the floor of the stock exchange was my avenue into finance. That's where it was. And now the floor of the stock exchange, as we spoke about it multiple times with Kenny, is just the greatest catering hall in in New York City. And I say that with a heavy heart because the guys who are still down there doing good business is all great, but it's never going to be back to where it was. Mm -hmm. So my in is United Asbestos. It's the Litamide Incorporated. It just doesn't fucking exist. So I, I don't know. I don't, like you guys have, as particularly Ian, more have more of an ear to the ground because it's been exponentially more uh, recent than what it was for me. So I don't know what you should do, pal. I wish you the best of luck. Please don't send me a fucking resume. And uh, and that's it. I'm I'm done. Good luck. I have no idea. I, Honestly, I and even it. even cash trading where I made my bones. This is also another data thing. Like I went from a, from a, um, uh, being a specialist, being a two dollar broker, to being you know a frontline clerk for a bulge bracket firm on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, to uh, being an assistant on a pad, to having his own pad on a cash trading desk on the equity desk, and even the cash equity stuff is going the way of the dinosaur. So where I made my bones for probably like ten out of the twenty five years. I was managing director and all that kind of stuff. It really isn't what it used to be, you know? So, um, so I don't know. You're, you're asking an old confused uh, guy and I don't care to fucking look it up because I don't need to do it again. So, uh, so that's it. Good luck. Uh, what's his name? YT. ST. Um, which I think stands for Ian Becker. Um, so Ian, I, I know this is probably a friend of yours that you're asking for, right. but I, I know large said, don't send any resumes. Don't send any resumes to me either. Cause I have no contacts. I mean, I didn't work in traditional finance anyways. I was in consulting. Uh, but first I have a really stupid idea before I give you two pretty decent ideas. The first stupid idea is, I don't know if you guys remember, but there were maybe a couple of years ago, I'm sure it's still happening, but there were always like these videos that would get picked up like by CNBC and stuff of this guy standing out on wall street, like handing out his resumes or standing with the sandwich board, like, need a job, graduated 4.0 GPA from Penn, whatever it may be. And I always thought that was like pretty cool. It's pretty ballsy to go out there. But since it's 2022, I don't recommend doing something like that. My stupid idea is go to one of these fin meme accounts or whatever, whatever you want to do. Ask them to post your resume, make up an email that they can send it to. I can guarantee that all the people in your industry are probably looking at those meme accounts of whatever industry you want to get into. So go go pay them a hundred bucks and have them post your resume. That's my stupid idea. 
now to some good ideas. Um, the other Ian's shaking his head. He thinks it's a bad idea. I think it's a pretty good idea. I mean, granted, I'm like 10 years out of doing a, a traditional job search, but I thought it could be good. I, I did that to grow a newsletter. So I, I'm shaking my head because I'm going to let you continue because I have the answer, but continue. <laughs> so fucking cocky. Uh, the second one is I think you have to you have to know somebody, right? So this is I think this is like the oldest uh, kind of adage in the book, but it just you have to know somebody. Don't just submit your resume on LinkedIn. I've heard that's just terrible. And even just submitting it on the company's website, uh, that probably doesn't work that well either. Like just hunt somebody down, whether it's through LinkedIn, whether it's stalking them, whatever the fuck you have to do, just get in the person's ear and talk to them about it. Like I would, I don't recommend reaching out to me because I don't think we're hiring at Barstool Finance right now. But if you want to, I'd much rather talk to you in DMs and then get to talking rather than you just blasting over a resume. Um, the final thing I will say to ST is it is an employee's job market right now, at least for a little while, it will be still. So if you literally can't find a job now, you should probably look in the mirror and be like, is this the right career for me? Or is this the right job? Because I don't know, from what I hear, they're just handing out jobs out there right now. So uh, you know, maybe not in an investment bank, but you could probably find a job in commercial banking or you could go do middle office or back office or something like that. So I think if you're having a lot of trouble, you know, just reassess, just be honest with yourself. Um, you know, we all know our roles in life. Like Dave says all the time, the world needs ditch diggers too. They do. Now, now Ian, you can give the actual answer. Yeah. So I was a finance major. I switched to marketing, but I know the path that I was on and the path that I could have taken. And a bunch of my friends have taken this path. If you want to work at a bank, what you're going to want to do is whatever bank you want to work for, or probably do this for multiple banks. So you have to give yourself the best odds, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, get all the banks you want to work at. They have these pamphlets and these, these study guides basically where you can train yourself for their interviews and you can I thought you were be- gonna say make a TikTok of about it. <laughs> oh yeah. My my whole answer is just give it make a TikTok account. Yeah, no. I actually do have some real advice here. You get one of their pamphlets, they they tell you how, what you need to know to prepare for these interviews, and you sign up for these sessions where you go learn and talk about the or you listen to people talk about the company culture and stuff. And then afterwards you email someone, say, Hey, it was great that great uh, to hear you chat like love to like blah blah blah, and you just like do send out these emails and you make sure that you talk to people at the company before you apply because you're going to want uh them to like put your uh thing in another pile that you, you don't want to be with all the general applicants so definitely do some networking with at least three people i would say at the company before even applying and prepare yourself for those interviews because there's a lot of technical stuff you need to know um and sometimes the people doing the interviews can be in a real bad mood um, and they can be a real dickhead. And and sometimes they're doing it on purpose to see how you take it. And so don't take it personally if if, your interview, if you don't think an interview went well because um, they're probably just busy doing their own work and I don't really care about the interview because it's like something they do on the side. So just, I will, I will yeah. tell, I'll add one more because we're here. I'll add two more. If you're coming into somebody's DMs and asking them for help getting a job or where to put the resume – 
like sometimes just for shits and giggles, I get five or 10 of these a week and I'll look and I'll see. And the person doesn't follow me. There is no quicker fucking delete than it is. I mean, you're doing the bit. There's nothing that makes me say that your casting is wide of a net as possible. Right. And to ask somebody, you know, like obviously some of them look like Mad Libs where they took Dan Katz out and put in large, you know, like that type of stuff. But at least that's trying to like, I love your podcast, PMT. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you have to follow the person that you're asking thing for. And then one last thing, apparently I am opinionated on this. If you're ready to go to work, for Christ's sake, erase your whole social media presence from six weeks before you've applied for that job, because there's nothing easier than me going on a fucking whatever page and seeing what you did three weeks ago. Do you know what I mean? Where you're like Adderall and is that, you know what I mean? It, It just, it's the easiest thing in the world for people to do. Just erase that shit. And, um, you know, because I was just put on a podcast the other day, I did a podcast thing, and somebody had said something bad about me, the person's podcast that I went on four years ago. And somebody was like, do you remember this? I don't fucking remember this, and I don't care about it. I felt a lot differently about people four years ago. It never goes away. Erase everything. Erase every fucking, unless your Twitter, Instagram is just filled with you washing feet of lepers. Get rid of it. No, get definitely get, get rid of that too. If it's that. <laughs> yes. yeah. Well, no, no. Feet stuff has a secondary market. Um, yeah, that's it. Also, one one last thing to add. Trying to get an investment banking job nowadays is basically harder than rushing a fraternity. Like you need to go. There's like trials and tribulations you have to go through just to like meet the right people to get the right in the right rooms to have the right interviews. Like it's tough out there. It, especially, I don't. I don't know that St. necessarily said he wanted to work in investment banking. Uh, that's true. He did say he just just doesn't know. what I mean, to maybe do. he wants to work at Barstool Finance. In that case, do do the bare minimum. Uh, work at another job for a little while. What it? What? Or I guess we all created something. We've already had this conversation where we we've all created something. Um, maybe maybe it's just start doing the job before you get it. Right. That's how people get jobs at Barstool. Maybe just start doing like accounting or like corporate finance before. Just yeah. Do it on your own. Go into like a car wash. Hey, you guys have an accountant? Do, 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 do. I'm sure they give you all the all their financials. All right. Let's uh let's get into the Bernies. So the Bernard L. Madoff Memorial Award brought to you by or powered by Enron. Um, of course, what we do here is we give out Bernie Awards to the three folks in business or finance who have hit their 52-week low um, in the past week. So I am going to go to large first. Who gets your Bernie this week? Uh, Xi Jinping is China's most formidable leader since Mao Zedong. 100%. This guy yeah. is, uh, is the dude, and he's beginning his third five-year term. So that's brand new. On Tuesday, China was scheduled to publish some key economic data, including something that's very well watched since the GDP, but it didn't because he was like, you know what? Cancel the GDP. China is a shit show right now. Housing bubble, uh, low demand for their good. Everything is going wrong with uh, the COVID fucking zero policy for COVID and whatnot. China is not a good place to be or a good place to be a ruler of right now. And there's other problems that people have with Xi. 
Um, but canceling GDP yeah. is something that's that's we tell you what it's not good when a company does certain things. We try to you know set off little um, flares like if a company does this, it's not when a country as big as China cancels the release of its GDP number. That's not a uh, that's not a good sign. And and I'll add something to that. Most of the time when China releases their GDP, which which it's been like fairly glowing for the past uh, the past couple of quarters compared to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Most people assume already that it's fake, right, that they embellish yeah. it a little bit. So instead of just lying, supposedly, like they usually do, they canceled it. So, you know, it's like really fucking bad. Like very, very bad. <laughs> it's so bad they won't even lie to us about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like lie to me, man. Let's short China. <laughs> Tell me sweet nothings, G. <laughs> Ian, let's see what I just did. Let's short China. And Ian's like, which we're allowed to do, do now as part of the governance of, of the family office portfolio. Taking yeah. the training wheels off, baby. <laughs> yeah. We're short we're long Exxon short China. That's it. That's the trade. It's a huge trade. Yeah. Ian, what do you got for me? What do we got for a Bernie this week? Who goes? Who's your Bernie Award go to? It's going to go out to anyone who owns an NFT, and that includes myself. I have not checked the price of my NFT in a long time because it's one of those things where I I know I'm just going to be holding it. So why check it? Like what? Like why do that to yourself? Wait, this is okay. Keep going. I I checked it. The floor price which is what the lowest uh, NFT in the collection was selling for was less than half an ETH, which is down a lot from where I bought it. So that's it was, not bad. What's ETH at like 1300? Yeah, no. And ETH is down a lot since when I bought it. So not only is the price in terms of Ethereum down, but yeah. Ethereum is also down. I'm double down on the FX side too. Yeah. yeah we're, NFT bros are double down right now. We're we're in the depths of a, de- a bear market, and w- the definition of Bernie's fifty two year lows or you know fifty two week lows. I guess you're grouping yourself. You have some good company though. Did you see that uh, that Dave got a an NFT today? Which I guess that's a is that a pretty big NFT project? The NFT world is so saturated that I couldn't even tell you. I so couldn't you didn't even, even know what you. that was. No, okay. I've never it was like a flower. Um, he posted about it on Twitter. I I don't know what it actually was. I I I, could, I was trying to figure out what it was, but I, I go to the replies and it's just bots. What are you gonna do? <laughs> when you said fifty-two year low, I was like, these things have existed for eight months. <laughs> like it's it's great. It doesn't have a fifty-two week low. <laughs> well. Uh, no, I think we do. I think we no, do. No, yeah, you do. You probably do. Just still. barely. Just barely. <laughs> just making it to a year. Yeah. All righty. Um, all right. So my Bernie, this I guess Ian probably falls into this too. So he gets he gets That's two. It. Uh, it goes to day traders. Um, so Wall Street Journal article came out today. Day traders go back to their day jobs as stock market swoons. Um, so apparently Charles Schwab and Robinhood reporting that and we've known this for a while but day trading volume is at an all-time low um well not an all-time low but a low from from pre-covid so it's really fallen off from you know the peaks in 2021 when davy day trader was a thing all that stuff um but my favorite part of this is like the financial journalism 101 that goes into this so I don't know if you guys live in you know wall street journal cnbc like i do i, I read a lot of stuff every day since my job 
Um, but like they always have these anecdotes. So they'll give the data, right? So they'll say like Robin Hood volume is down X percent. But then they always have these things. It'll be like Fred from the Twin Cities said that he has to go and work in construction again, you know, and they'll have like two or three of those. And it's like, is this really somebody's job at the Wall Street Journal? They're paying somebody to to find these random people. Do you think they have a Rolodex of like just random Joes, average Joes they can call? Or do you, are those just like friends of theirs that they hear about? It's just such a strange thing to put in there, like this little little story about it. It's a, I mean, it's a very Joe Biden thing. But. You, you brought up ad libs before. I think it's quite like that, like insert name, insert blue collar yeah. job, insert. It, it, I don't think it's actually a real person. I think it's just one of those mm. quotes. It's like, oh, we get this guy from wherever is going. But that's big day journalism. They have to take that shit seriously. Like, oh, yeah. Because they say stuff yeah. like, oh, my Maybe friend. Not. Yeah. The like news will never lie. Guy, yeah. This guy is back, you know, shoveling shit. They just go Getty images, shit shoveler. And they say, yeah. Tony over here. And, you know, they put a little fucking Tony name there. No, but sometimes so. they have pictures and stuff of him just like looking like <laughs> Fred just looking real fucking sad. His wife and kids are like in the U-Haul. They're just leaving his yeah. ass. I'm laughing about this because I know I have real world experience. Every one of my friends, including myself, who started investing on Robin Hood uh, when it, the bull market was just going crazy. And like Tyler's tweet said the other day, every day you woke up, the stock market was going to be up. It was amazing. Every single one of my friends with a Robin Hood account had now has zero dollars in it because we discovered options trading. <laughs> That's true. I feel like there is a lot of dead, like way down in your iMessages. There's a lot of group chats that were made in like 2021 that were just about trading. I have those like my friends. Future like, millionaires. Yeah. Yep. It just does like GameStop GME, you know, with rocket emojis. Those are all all just dead. So dormant. We should all let's all do that. As as a fam, let's all go and start up our uh, our our group chats again about day trading. I think we owe it to the world. Hey guys, how you guys doing? No, we owe it. I lost my job. Right in the Twin Cities. I lost my wife. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's gonna be so fun. Yeah, Yeah. I know everyone's gonna be super sad. Um, All right, well that's all I got for today. Um, That's all we got on the Bernies. So one last announcement before we go though is. On Friday at midnight Eastern time is the last time that you can rate uh, the podcast on Spotify and Apple. Fill out the Google form that will be in the show notes to be able to get your water coolest koozie. So that's the cutoff. You have to like and no, you have to rate. You can leave a leave a comment, too. We'd appreciate that uh, on Apple and Spotify and then fill out the form. And that's how you get the koozie. And you again, never know if, if you do like extra, if you do like more ratings or more likes or you subscribe with on multiple accounts, like we might get more koozies. I don't know. That's true. You might get a six pack because I have thousands of them. Uh, my wife wants me to move them. But I have to say we've gotten a pretty huge response for this. And I'm never fucking doing this again. Next time we do something like this, it's going to be mm-hmm. like one person drawn out of the hat. So I would say if you really want a koozie, you better do it this time because I'm not going to be sending out all these koozies again because it's going to be a pain in the ass to mail them all out. But since I love you guys, uh, I am going to do it. And if you don't want a koozie, you should still like and subscribe to the podcast uh, because it's going to help us stay on the air and beat the shit out of that stupid all-in podcast. Fuck Chamath. Um, so help us be be bigger than them. 
Can I uh, just mention one other thing? Because I didn't know about it except for the fact that I read uh, the water coolest every day. I don't, mm-hmm. I didn't know about this because I didn't read it in any of my local papers or anything. So by reading the water coolest, which is obviously Tyler's baby, um, our daily finance newsletter, uh, there were those two uh, Connecticut police officers that were killed over the weekend. I thought that was pretty cool. Barstool does a couple of things extremely well. And one of them is stand up for people in um, particularly like firemen and cops. I know the small business fund got a lot of shine and Dave did that better than anyone that I've ever seen. Right. But Kevin particularly like kind of takes the mantle with that. And, you know, we talk about people who die in the line of duty and it's not the sexiest job anymore. As we all know, people aren't that respected anymore. So unfortunately, two young men, I think Dustin DeMonte and Alex Hamzy, Hamzy, as you had said in the newsletter, had died um, not too far from where you'd grown up uh, from was where they were serving out of mm-hmm. two officers. So quick thing, Barstool is selling T-shirts and sweatshirts and the proceeds. And I'm telling you right now, like people like Liz and stuff have gotten to the bottom of this. 100% of the proceeds do go to where they need to go. So it's not one of those things where um, you're going to hear different, at least to my knowledge. So the quickest way to get the links, and this isn't a cheap fucking ploy. I'm just not going to read it out. You can go to Barstool and search for that or just go to the water coolest anytime this week and you'll see up in his header. Tyler is nice enough to put it in there for those families. So some things are better than sports. A lot of things are better than uh, bigger than finance. And this is definitely one of them. So I appreciate you uh, making me aware. I'm a little pissed off that they only went up to two XL on those sweatshirts, but whatever. That's my that's my problem, really. It right? Problem. It's not going to be a problem for long, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I I will say uh, I actually my mom um, my mom grew up in the town that it happened in. She actually just sent me a link that was like on the local news. Barstool has already raised a hundred thousand um, dollars for the two families, which is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure they're going to raise a lot more. So yeah. I definitely suggest you you go do it. I actually I knew uh, the wife of of one of the guys, so yeah, pretty pretty messed up situation um, over there. But uh, I think that's all we got for today. Unless you guys have anything else to to plug, scratchies? Nope. Shut the fuck up about scratchies. We do those on Mondays. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, large is going to be away this weekend, so we are actually pushing Monday's podcast to Tuesday. So. Do not look for a podcast on Monday because you won't find it. You can listen to this one again if you want, if you miss us. But the Monday podcast will drop on Tuesday. So look out for it then. We'll see you later, guys.